The last Pokemon Scarlet and Violet podcast of June 2022. Pour one out for the month that made me crazy. I don't know about you, but uh, good month. We started the show. Scarlet <laughs> Fever is heating up even more. There's 145 days to go till Pokemon reinvents itself for the umpteenth time. And that's actually kind of like the theme of today's show. We're talking about the features that we want added and the ones that probably will be cut from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the way that this game will not be what you want it to be and will be what you don't want it to be and, and everything, everything in between. I've got Joseph here, the Pokemon professor himself, not Sada, uh, not Toro, but but just Joe, Professor Joe, ready to. <laughs> just I, I think, just Joe. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's I what I think you're built, building a reputation here. We have, you know, Riddler Coup, we've got <laughs> Professor Joe, so yeah. we're in good shape. We got some Riddler Coup, uh, gibberish to talk about we've got a direct coming and pokemon's <laughs> presence in that to talk about and also legendary backpack so what's going on everybody thanks for being here thanks for supporting the show we will get this up on other platforms for audio appeal sooner rather than later uh trying to get it this week but this is episode four and uh we have four things to talk about so it, it doesn't get more more perfect than that i i, I gotta love the uh the positive the positivity yeah. beanie that you're always rocking for us here. M much appreciated. Thanks for have to, you know, it's just in these, in these trying times, Jeez. we got to constantly remind ourselves yeah. to, to smile. That was a lot deeper. I'm just bald <laughs> and don't want the light reflecting off my head too much, but Hey, you know, I let's, uh, we can I go like, with that first I like and the, say yeah. that's what it is, but yeah, let's just tell the people it's because we want to brighten their day and, and transport them to the world of Pokemon. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of theories and things going around about time travel. Uh, our, our good guy Riddler Koo posted a picture from Steinsgate, which is a time travel-based uh, visual novel game, and it really seems like that's going to be the draw. Mm -hmm. um, he also posted some cryptic crocodiles, and, and I wanted to sort of start there. Yeah. So, I mean, for anybody who's following Riddler Koo, um, who again has been the person we've kind of referenced a lot, uh, pretty much every single podcast at this point. Um, he's been doing some real Zodiac killer cryptic messages, and it looks like we're slowly working towards what uh, Fue Coco's final evolution is. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's looking like that ghost fire alligator is going to be what we're seeing. Um, again, j for the people who are going to go check out this page, it is very cryptic. You're not; it's not just one of those like. You're gonna go and, yeah, and have these, these leads just like laid out for you. I'm talking like he's doing like <laughs> like things that honestly I think take like governments to figure out. So, but but you know, there's a lot of people, a yeah. lot of fans who are working really really hard at breaking this down, and then there are people like me who just go and wait for Centro to kind of dumb it down uh, for me. Distill it. Yeah, I, I gotta <laughs> say like. If, if you're old like me and you remember like I love bees and like the yes. Halo ARG and things of that sort, that's kind of what this is like. It's kind of like he's making it like a fun game. And, and I don't know what's better, like him just saying what is or him doing this, but it's kind of cool that there is someone out there that like instead of being like these insiders that are like, I think it's on the 29th. He's like, no, no, let me let me lay out an eight image set of <laughs> random numbers and nonsense. <laughs> he did some Morse code thing as well yeah. recently. I mean, yeah, the guy's just... All crazy. I guess there was thoughts that uh, Fue Coco might go more snake-like mm -hmm. based on the um, Chinese Zodiac, and it seems like he's going to stay crocodile, which I think is a is a good thing. I think the crocodile, um, it, it's giving me a little bit of like 
fire feral gator vibes mm-hmm. and i i really liked feral gator so if it's fire ghost feral gator i'm all about it yeah you talked about this last week there is like a a drawing that seems like it could be very accurate mm-hmm. um we'll throw it on screen do you, do you think that's what we end up getting so apparently that one in particular was said to be fake by uh riddler coup right we we don't necessarily and if again if i remember correctly it also wasn't like just an outright like okay this is 100% not real it's not even going to look like this it was just more so like kind of the same thing he did with that uh that diglet variant where it was like close like there's something here but this yeah. isn't quite it um yeah. now the snake thing that you brought up is very interesting because i don't know how well you know but most of the fire starters have followed the the actual right. you know so progression exactly yeah so the fact that this would break it um is pretty interesting i you know i do wonder craziness and and again it just goes back to everything that we've kind of spoke about where like this game is just not it's not being held down by by what came before like it is so clearly like in in every fundamental way something that is is just different um so i think that yeah Yeah. if if you're following these leaks uh again which i do think it's fun um, I almost like, like Riddler Koo has to be some game freak employee who's just really bored and wants to slowly get everybody on board. Cause I, I feel like the way, the way that it's being done is so fun. And so like, it doesn't hurt the game at all, you know, cause right. it, it's, it's just, it's an ARG. It, that's exactly what it is. And it's, it's something that like a lot of people are, you know, it's, it's really keeping everyone's attention, um, so again, like we, we say it all the time, but seriously, I, I do recommend checking out the Twitter, even if you're not someone who likes puzzles and stuff, like just check the comments out. You'll see a bunch of people who are like using as much as they can to, to build this, this leak. We're almost like creating the leak ourselves with just kind of little bits and pieces <laughs> of information. So it's been cool, man. I've been really enjoying watching it and the community is like way smarter than, than I would have ever given any of us credit for. So that's been awesome. Yeah, Riddler Co. He's the lunch lady at, at Game Freak, and he's just listening into the conversations and piecing <laughs> yeah. it together. Uh, it's pretty awesome, and maybe less awesome is the direct that's supposed to be happening this week. First, it was a big direct, then it was a partner direct. Now it's somewhere in between. It seems like we're going to have a Nintendo Direct partner mini, which implies third party focus, but still Nintendo. Um, that's supposed to happen on Tuesday, the twenty eighth, which is in like forty eight hours. A lot of people saying, oh, Pokemon won't be there. You know, probably wasn't even going to be at a a general direct. But I went back and watched the last mini from March of 2020. And Sword and Shield did get a a decent chunk there. It was actually their final news of the day was talking about the expansion pass content, showing off Urshifu. Do you think Mm -hmm. that this is an opportunity then to get more Pokemon out in front of us, especially because that recent trailer was so cryptic? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that a lot of people have to remember is even though Pokemon is obviously a first party title um, and and one of Nintendo's like babies, the Pokemon company and Game Freak do not handle their news the way Nintendo does. So it appearing in this is something that I, I never even for a second was like, this isn't happening, even if it is a third party showcase. Pokemon is gonna drop when it drops. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, they they don't they don't really need to follow any particular thing as long as the information's coming out and um 
we are approaching the time because again the way they do this is not like random this is this is things that they have to plan out you know months ahead i'm positive we're going to be getting something either at that direct or early august just because that just lines up with every other pokemon release that we've seen um right, you know, we're only a couple months away from actual drop you know so it's like at this point we only know what five pokemon three characters and like nothing about the game we're we're gonna hear something <laughs> soon um so i'd love to see it am i going to hope Tuesday. for yeah yeah exactly am i hoping for that yeah absolutely i think that would be that you know number one it would be awesome because then we have something to talk about uh that would be new footage or or at least information um but also just like it's about time is you know we've we've yeah. been waiting and and you know if they if they drop anything that'll pretty much save june for me at least so gosh um, it's been psycho just a touch on that a bit like the, the direct has been so up and down nintendo refuses to do things normally and a lot of it is centered around like is there more game releases besides pokemon pokemon obviously is the highlight that's going to mm-hmm. be the tentpole for november and for the fall but does nintendo have more and i feel like this week they either have to let us know that there is more or they have to show us stuff about what is coming because right now we're kind of splatoon 3 is like why does that exist people are very unsure of what's new about that scarlet Mm -hmm. violet sure as heck is new but we don't really know how or why exactly we know there's gas stations and four player um yeah you know beyond that so i'm i'm hopeful um i did in my predictions say that i i think something will be there um but you know Mm -hmm. tbd on that we do know that customizable backpacks are in this game though because there was a nice uh, little pre-order perk Woo! let's go who needs that we did it. evolution when you got we this did digital backpack <laughs> pokemon center is offering with your pre-order a bonus gift of a digital code for an in-game backpack the best part about this is when i sent this to joseph he thought that it was a real backpack he got real excited for a second i was like that's awesome a thing to put my <laughs> switch in when i go around nope it's just a uh Digital backpack that'll probably be what the main one looks like, but colored different. Um, I, I hope customization's you know. <laughs> improved. I, I hope it's better yeah. than Sword and Shield. Definitely. Um, Sword and Shield was a step up, but it wasn't a step up from like other games. It was a step up yeah. from Pokemon, which is, right. you know, as far as customation uh, customization goes, it really does change game to game. Like I think um, the outfits in Sword and Shield maybe weren't the, the best, uh, most, you know, unique outfits that you can have. There were some really cool things and the DLC did also add some cool stuff. Um, but then you had on the other side, you had something like diamond, uh, and the diamond and pearl remates, which, uh, you know, we were speaking a little bit about those had like really cool outfits, but they were all like preset design. So like you can have like a painter painter outfit or like that, like cool, like techno outfit, but that's your, you can't mix and match. It's it's the whole thing. So I think, Hopefully we're getting, and I'm sure we are because this is a mainline series, like as mainline as you can be. It's the first ninth gen. Um, I do think we're going to get a big upgrade on customization. I mean, we've even seen like better hair options um, that, you know, as far as like the skin options go, we've been pretty good on that since Edson Y. I want to say they've given like a fair amount. Um, hair's always been a little tough though. I think it's very, it's always like, you know, maybe sits types. Um, and then the outfits always have the problem of being the same thing, but just mm-hmm. different designs on it, which right. is not 
the best. Well, um, especially for this being a four-player co-op game, it feels like character differentiation is more important than ever. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see them have mm-hmm. body type options. I mean, not every trainer has yeah. to be five seven and skinny, so we could have different things there. And I think for the four-player co-op, that would be really nifty. You already have a lot of different options with the enemy trainer, so just let us basically... You know, I want to look like a fisherman. I want to look like, you know, a bug catcher. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let me do that. And and so when I'm playing with you and, and my other imaginary friends that we can, you know, all look, all look a little different. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny, too, because in the original games, if you ever went to, like, the uh, – just the way battles and trading used to work is you couldn't just do it anywhere, like, go into the menu. You had right. to go to the Pokemon Center, had to go upstairs. Both of you had to go into the same room, basically – um, but they always had this cool mechanic where you actually set what you look like to the other players. So you can be like an ace trainer, a fisherman, the karate guy, mm-hmm. like all of that. You could set that. Um, and then when you're in your, you know, friend's game, that's how you looked. And I don't even remember that. It, that's it's really so cool. weird. Yeah. It's so, well, cause you didn't, I don't even think you had to do it. If you didn't do it though, it was like, you were just like the bug catcher, like the little <laughs> kid. Of course. Um, so like, it, yeah. So so I, I do think like what you're saying is is something that they've probably even thought about, but just haven't committed to. Because I think the idea of it being like a ten year old boy or girl is just something that is so rooted in. I want to be they an don't old man. Be like, Me and Professor Sada right? teaming up to take things back to how they used to be. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or just say that we're all 10 years old but different parts of time right like i'm a future 10 year old i'm yeah. a past 10 year old i'm a yeah yeah anything anything to really differentiate i think body types would be a huge a huge huge step forward because it would just be so sick to see yourself reflected in this um but you know at the same time it's like yeah i'll take cool outfits and a nintendo book bag <laughs> i guess yeah. That well, hey, whether you like it or not, I, this makes me think of like, man, what if they put like a romancing system in Pokemon? You can have you know little little uh, Harvest Moon relationship thing. Go to the different towns mm-hmm. and pick your past girl, your future girl. That would be pretty good or guy. Um, yeah, I wish, man, that would be. Just, as, as, it's funny because I, I feel like if Pokemon led into the life sim a little more, mm-hmm. like like gave us more, like have a home. Like pick like imagine if in every town there was like a rentable home that you can live in, customize, yeah. whatever. Make it really make it your own thing. And like you said, romanceable options. It's something that the Pokemon community already does anyway. Like we all, right. you know, like look at what happened when the professors were announced. Everybody was like, oh man. Uh, but so it's like things like that, it, it it's it's because they stick to that you're a 10-year-old going on an adventure that they'll never kind of break out of that root of like Right, like you said, Harvest Moon or things like that. I feel like it, it's it works so well, and yeah. Pokemon's an RPG. Having life sims and RPGs have pretty much been always a good a good thing to do. But I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get there eventually. If not, hey, maybe 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 you're right. Maybe that's in this game. You know, they're they're trying to do things different. There's a whole lot of features that have been part of Pokemon over the years. Many games, many features. And I think one of the strangest things about Pokemon, and you kind of helped illuminate this to me, is like for a series that is committed to staying the same, man, do they like mm-hmm. to to take things out and put things in and take things out and put things in. For for a game that wants to always be, you know, someone's first Pokemon, there <laughs> there are a 
bunch of differences that I think maybe get glossed over when you're just looking at, okay, hey, pick your starter out of three, go with the professor, catch and, and all that. There's actually a lot of differences. And one thing with Scarlet and Violet being sort of this catch-all is which ones of these are going to be there, which ones might be brought back, which ones might be removed. Mm-hmm. And no one better to discuss this with than you because you have these committed to memory. But you know everything from Campion Sword and Shield to beauty contests and unique catching uh, apricorns and secret bases. What do you think about some of these things that you know will for sure be removed, will for sure be there, and which ones you know you want to see them incorporate for this best Pokemon of all time? Yeah. So I mean, the good thing with with Pokemon in general is. Um, as much as people want to say it's been a stagnant series, one thing that they always have done is tried to throw these curveballs. And we talk about this a lot because um, I do think the narrative that Pokemon Company and Game Freak don't want things to, you know, kind of rattle the the fan base. I don't necessarily think that's true because as you've as you've mentioned, there's been so many mechanics and so many changes to main series games that like you have to admit they always have a curveball. Um it's just, I, I feel like they never commit fully. And I think that's the issue that people really have, like hardcore Pokemon fans. Because, for instance, you know, just going off of like some of this stuff that that you even discussed, we have things like the the transformation gimmicks that we always see, you know, in, in more recent Pokemon. These ideas of like, you know, we've always had three evolutions. Then Mega was, you know, Megas were introduced. And I remember that feeling... Number one, it felt very cool when it was announced. It was a very cool thing to see because you're like, okay, this is awesome. You're seeing Pokemon like Lucario, which was already like one of the most cool designs for a Pokemon for any like, you know, young, young kid. Now you're giving it this like even more awesome, almost Super Saiyan form. Yeah. Um, that was, and it, it was so sick, but it, it did feel like it changed the game for what Pokemon kind of was. Um, because now we have this brand new thing we can do. It's not a it's not a form they stay in, um, which almost, in my opinion, worked better for the series. Like I think it's cool that it's more of like a in battle transformation only. Um, so there's that. Then you have Dynamax. You have the primal forms, which are kind of like Megas, but not really um, things like that. I I can't imagine uh, would come back at least in that same form. Now, the reason I say that is because, and we've kind of already hit the nail on the head, I think, personally. I'm going to really back up our words in, in that <laughs> one podcast. With you. I, I believe it was the second episode where we were just kind of talking about ideas. Um, yeah. And, you know, you you made like a great, um, you made a great observation where what if it was the ability to have a future and past version of your Pokemon? Yeah. I do think that that's, I, I think that we're getting something along those lines. So as far as the transformation gimmicks, I don't think they can fit in this. Because if we are already doing the future and past, adding Megas and Dynamats and, and Gigantamats, it, it just, it would be too much. Um, and Dynamats is kind of something that is stuck in Sword and Shield. Because if I remember correctly, the way they kind of uh, gave that like some narrative... Um, thing to stand on was that only Galar has the energy to do dynamancing mm. and gigantamancing. Like that's why when you're in the open world, there's like those big flowing energies because it's just like the Damn. world, like the, the region of Galar is like just 
radiating with that you know think about think about the reality of that like think about if we were like looking over at the galar region we're over here in dumb old johto and we're like man they can make their pokemon massive they can make them huge they yeah. can dynamax and like wish i could do that we, we don't have the energy for it man yeah we we it's, it's just strictly you're not born in the right place sorry get over yeah. it but it is it is an interesting <laughs> thing though because it does it kind of does game freak's job for them of being like, well, why doesn't it exist in another yeah, it region? it gives a narrative reason, with, like with, you said. Exactly. With Mega Evolutions, they had to make a whole separate timeline. That's how broken it was for the narrative. Was like, okay, when Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire came out, um, the kind of like pro, the, uh, what was it? Like the ending story, the Delta story, whatever, which was like kind of this end game campaign, which was really awesome, by the way, which is something... I would like to see again. And you want to talk about like things that they take out. I would love an end game campaign for this game, but um, they mentioned that like Steven, who is the, you know, champion of Hoenn uh, essentially like found the alternate dimension of Ruby and Sapphire, like the originals. Mm. Um, and so he makes note that there's a timeline where they don't have megas. Um, mm. So like, to me, that's how again, broken, megas were to the narrative of pokemon where it was like well now we have to come up with a reason why it didn't exist in previous games um and i mean i personally think they did a good job uh you know we live in a post comic book world now where alternate dimensions and realities and multiverses it's just things that everyone has knowledge on now so it's not too far of a of a stretch um but they could very much use this game as a way to even explain how there's a split because since we're dealing with time now, there's a very real chance we can see a split path, um, you know, split dimensions. I mean, we even kind of spoke about it. I believe that the two versions are alternate realities. One where, you know, uh, you believe in, in the past and restoring things as it was where you get, uh, you know, I, I do think the narrative is going to, deeply change depending on what you pick. I don't think it's going to be just your bots legendary. I do I do feel as if there's going to be some narrative pull to like, are you going past? Are you going future? Um, so again, with all that being said, I think forms, they need to be able to fit within the story. Um, and I don't see Megas and Dynamatsing and Gigantamatsing really working here. Um, I would like to see them. It would be cool to see new Megas but I don't think this is it. I don't think this is it, the time. It, it's probably pie in the sky, but it'd be nifty if the gym battles allowed for like some past mechanics. Like, okay, this is a mega, th- this gym leader has like, you know, pulled back an alternate dimension and we can go mega or whatever. I, I mean, that's probably too yeah. crazy and creative, but it does seem like from the transformation element, it will be something new. And, and I'm not opposed to that. I, I didn't, Dynamaxing was okay. I didn't love it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think, I mean, hope we're right because the, the future past thing is the to me that's the coolest one like if you could take your lick a tongue and it's like an old decrepit rock lick a tongue and then in the you know future it's mm-hmm. a futuristic electric lick a tongue that'd be pretty sick what, what do you think about all the uh all the different things like the camps the secret bases that kind of thing especially since this is open world how, how do more of those like environmental or space type mechanics fit in here i would love to see an upgrade to what the camping was i think when it was announced it was possibly the coolest moment 
um, as a Pokemon fan for the Sword and Shield because it's like when you're watching the anime as a kid and you're seeing like Ash, Brock, and Misty, I'm talking like, see again, season one, you're right. seeing them go town to town. It was a lot longer. Like there were like stretches of episodes before they hit towns and they were always camping. They were camping, they were cooking, they were hanging out together and all their Pokemon were outside playing, whatever. It was always something that was visually shown like, hey, you don't just walk a couple of pixels and then you're in this new town. Right. <laughs> it's supposed to be a trek. You're supposed to like have to camp and, and stop and, and, you know, really enjoy the areas. So I thought that that was a really good idea. But like most things that Pokemon does on its first attempt, it was really poorly implemented, in my opinion. I feel I feel like you could have went that whole game with never camping, um, mm. which you absolutely could have. That was not a thing that you needed to do ever. Uh, you were always close enough to a, um, you know, a person who could heal you or a Pokemon Center uh, to where you never really had to worry about that. Um, and with it being four player co-op now, how cool would it be if if you guys need to heal? Everything's a little too far. You're just like, you know what? Let's just set up camp real quick, you know, manage together all the stuff you have um, to make whatever recipe to heal your Pokemon. And then, you know, just be on your way like that to me really is Pokemon. Like it, it really gives that adventure um, feeling. And then you have secret bases, which it was so cool as a kid because you can always, number one, you were able to leave your mark on the physical world. If you liked an area, you could have made it your own. Um, mm-hmm. Like I remember, I remember going around to like um, in, in Ruby and Sapphire, there was this really cool, area where uh it always i I, it was like right before or it was right after the like flying gym um there's like this bridge that you have to cross and there's a kecleon kind of blocking the way once you get rid of him you reach this area and it was so cool as a kid it blew me away it's basically like a bunch of trees and it's a small opening and there's like water on the ground from like rain and you can see your reflection as you run across it and like on a game boy advance i was like whoa this is the future of gaming. Reflection. And I would always set up my base there. I would always set up my base there because it was so pretty. And I was like, oh. So, like, it was always cool because then it became a place of note where you're like, oh, I could go in yeah. here. I can, you know, decorate it. It's mine. And then if you connected with your friend via, like, the link cable, their base was also in your world. So you were able to go there and see their base and, like, battle them with what their team was the last time you connected. It was just a really really cool idea um and it's something that i don't know can really work uh in a 3d space as well i mean i'd have you know i'd have to see it done because i haven't i don't think there's anything that's really allowed for that like an open world game that has allowed you to really carve out a part of the wilderness to be your base that's something that like we haven't seen done so if it is here that'd be sick but um They'd have to really want to reinvent some stuff, but yeah. And with the the Poka bars, the Poka gas stations, it feels like that's going to mm-hmm. kind of be your overworld hub for healing and mm-hmm. you know all the sorts of different things that you would normally do. And so I, I don't know if camping fits, but it does seem like it would be nice to have some sort of way for your Pokemon and your co-op partners Pokemon to interact, to engage in, in some way, um, and it. You know, we talk about Legends RCS and how much it is like this or how much it isn't, but it does feel like they more and more move towards it being as 
much of a living, breathing world as possible. So mm-hmm. I would hope that there's some way to, to, to leverage the fact that like my team and your team should do more together than just battle. Yeah, no, completely. I, cause I, I think at the end of the day, the thing that makes this game work is going to be how, like you said, how, like, li- like, is this a living, breathing Pokemon world? That's again, yeah. like when, when we're talking about like the legends series that I hopefully, you know, does branch off into a series, but the, the lead like legends Arceus, the reason why that game felt so good was because it felt like you were entering the Pokemon's domain. It felt like it was this living, mm-hmm. breathing world with these kind of biomes that only made sense for the Pokemon living in it. Um, again, like this, this game is being made by essentially a different team. So like, I, I don't know that the same like design philosophy is going to be there, but hopefully we get a, a world where we're interacting with Pokemon in an interesting way. Again, hopefully it's not just run into them, battle them. And that's it. I do want to see like some type of like, I don't know, just any way to interact that makes it more interesting than what it is. Cause like, I mean like the, and you know, like what I said um, in the episode where we first brought up kind of like why I loved legends Arceus was the first time I threw all sits of my Pokemon out and saw them just being out there. That was like mind blowing to me, just just right. seeing them hanging out and, and interacting. So if we can do that, um, and I thought that was way more engaging than Pokemon camps anyway, because um, mm. I was able to run around, I was able to see them, I was able to like place them, and it was the only thing I couldn't do was like pet them and feed them. But like at the end of the day, seeing them move around and interact with one another alone was already such a such a big pleasure. So. I, yeah, I, I think bases and camps are probably not coming back. Um, would be cool though, but I don't think this is the one. Uh, what What about throwing? What I would love out. To... Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I, I, let's let's stick with that because it does sound like that's. You know, I, I was going to kind of like switch it up a little bit, but um, oh, okay, I, I was just going to say, you like know, you we had a question about that. Yeah, yeah, we assume that they're not doing like you know real time catching. So does that eliminate the chance to then? pop out your Pokemon in real time? Like, is that, does that sort of confirm that that's not? I, I don't know. Cause I do know. I, I think there was a scene of, of like you getting followed by your Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. Like if I remember correctly, there was a pretty sure a clip of Pikachu kind of running alongside the trainer. I don't know if that was a wild Pikachu or if that was like a partner Pikachu, but um, if they are doing the, like your Pokemon could run around with you, I don't think they'll let you throw out a Pokemon. Um, yeah. I think it'll be probably like what they do, uh, usually like what they did in sword and shields DLC, where whatever your first Pokemon is, will come out and follow you. Um, which that brings up a whole nother kind of janky thing is, I don't know how much you played of the DLC for sword and shield, but it was not fun having your Pokemon follow you. It was actually <laughs> very, very like, bad. Um, How come? Because like the, the, the thing is, is like it was number one, it was broken. If you had like a small Pokemon following you for some reason, they felt the need to have it like actually move at its speed in oh. real life like so like Oof. if i had a caterpie following me for instance um it would 
essentially like literally crawl. So if I get on my bike, oh my what you would see is you would move kind of like 10 feet. It would go back in its no. Pokeball and then teleport to you. No, no. So like yeah, it was not. just this really kind of broken mechanic. Um, Yuck. And I don't know. It's like that's that's just something that I, I don't want to see really. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is weird how these games sort of like I mean, cannibalize might be too aggressive a word, but, like, they do sort of, like, combust upon themselves of, like, okay, well, because we're doing this, we can no longer do this. And because this idea that worked well last time, we can no longer, you know. At one point, they had Pokemon Snap in Pokemon. Bring that back. That's yeah. the interactivity I want. I, I, photo modes are all the rage. Give us give us this uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Walk up to the fence and, and peek through. It, it's just interesting how things just come and go. Yeah, I mean, like, that that mechanic in particular was something, like, I only even remembered it while thinking of these previous mechanics because it was, like, yeah. it was something that they, they showed it. It was clearly, like, it even had its own social network attached to it where people could go onto the app and, like, like in-game and, like, give your picture, like, hearts and you can rise up. Yeah, like, that's crazy. It, it's so weird that they spent so much time building that system. To just literally, I don't even know. I, I mean, genuinely, like take off part like points for my my professorness here. Uh-oh. I don't Uh-oh. even know that it came back in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Which, if mm. it didn't, that's ridiculous. That's that the turnover for that mechanic would only have been literally one game, not even a generation. One and done. Right. You know what I mean? And like that to me is is the problem with Pokemon introducing mechanics is like you can never like one ever mm. like there is never a point where you can be like i love this mechanic because it That's will rough. probably get taken away yeah it, it just it it really sucks i mean um what we do see them do though is is introduce things and then change them um so like pokemon the sword and shield camping was essentially pokemon me which was in x and y that was kind of the thing where you can you know, pet your Pokemon. It was just one, but you pit them, went into Pokemon Ami. They were on the touch screen. You were able to pet them, feed them the Poffins, feed them like dessert and stuff. Um, and then they would like you, which would then actually change the outcome of battles. Because for instance, if your Pokemon was going to die, but it had like matched out friendship, it can survive a killing hit. You know, it'll be like, oh, it hold out because it loves you. So like there was actually like, a reason, which is kind of dark. Yeah, saying that yeah. out loud, but that was literally like what it would be. Um, so it's like, it's always interesting to see, like, they were like, okay, Pokemon and me, let's throw that away. Let's do sword and shield camping and add kind of a Pokemon and me thing. Um, so things like that, I guess like, or even like with the battle frontier, which I believe is everyone's probably favorite post content thing. Um, cause it was essentially, it introduced more characters that were basically like advanced gym leaders kind of like the elite four but even stronger the the leaders of the battle frontiers um and then you had like a separate island that was almost like an amusement park where you would go in and try to do these different like challenges which was always so cool and we literally have two incarnations of them and it's always been dangled over our head that more will come and it never does we do things like the battle chateau which is similar i guess but not really um, and that's like kind of why, again, I feel like Pokemon fans always have this like these trust issues when it comes to these games because it's <laughs> like 
they will knock it out of the park sometimes. Like game your, your relationship problems a, of today are because of Game Freak and and the they are because of, the past. of Game Freak. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and now we're talking about the past and the future. I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I do like your idea that you said where each gym would bring back like a mechanic. It would be really sick actually if they had something like that. Like each gym because yeah. i mean we have nine generations right what if each gener each eight. gym there's eight gyms yeah what if eight you know each of the eight gyms represented one thing that that generation brought so the first gym could be very you know across the board just normal like just a regular you versus yeah. that gym leader the second one could maybe have um i don't know focus on something on the day and night system because that's really what hard gold and soul so or well gold and silver i guess introduced right. Um, it gets a little harder when you're in Hoenn because I don't think that Hoenn really, I mean, Hoenn, I guess, introduced a lot, but nothing, nothing really like that. Anyway, um, on there's, to something that Hoenn, oh, go ahead. I was, before you get there, there's this great shot in the trailer, a, a screen cap here of three trainers running away in different directions. And the Pokemon yeah. are so far behind following them that <laughs> I'm the Pikachu's trainer is off the screen and Pikachu is still, you know, most of the way to the back to the beginning of the path. So I'm hoping that this is indicating that, man, the Pokemon just have to play catch up and not that you are slowed down by them. But I don't know. It'll it'll definitely be that they have to play catch up, but it's going to look so bad. It's going to like, I feel like when people think of Pokemon following you and, and wanting that, they think of games like, um pokemon yellow which was the first game where we had a pokemon follow us which was pikachu um they think of heart gold soul silver which brought back following um even let's go has the best modern day following mechanic by far because the thing that they do is they lock the pokemon to you so when you speed up the pokemon does too yes it looks a little funny but at the same time like when you're on the bike the pokemon shouldn't be out anyway like, put yeah. the Pokemon away. You're on a bike. It's not fair. Don't make the little guy run. Um, and then, like, even in Pokemon Let's Go, they had... This is actually a mechanic, too, that they got rid of. They had unique uh, movement with, with Pokemon. So, like, if you had Snorlax following you, it wasn't just that Snorlax followed you. You were actually holding on to Snorlax. You were controlling the Snorlax, which was so <laughs> sick. Or even Machamp. Yeah. Machamp would hold you on his shoulder as you guys right. are walking. So, so it was like, that was so cool to see. And it was interesting because you always wanted to put Pokemon in the front to be like, well, does this one have a, have a unique, um, kind of like animation or, you know? And so when I saw, uh, uh, you know, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl had the following, it looked like, oh, this is going to be like, let's go. But no, somehow they messed it up and it was like Sword and Shield where it, like I, even early on, I had a Buizel follow me that's a pretty quick pokemon the thing would get caught on the geometry of the town because remember the town is a grid-based the town is a grid-based town but now you're giving us like eight directional movements it's different from it was you know how it was so it's getting stuck on stairs and i'm like all the way over here and then it has to teleport to me and it just it pulls me out of what like that is that's why in legends arceus it's like the pokemon don't follow you but you can throw them out to like have them just kind of exist for a little bit um so like i don't know i i think the pokemon following thing is something that i think people think they want but when when your pikachu is 10 miles behind you 
And oh, you're, imagine if you're on the, the like, motorcycle, right? You're, exactly. you're riding like, what ride on it. Like? Yeah, gosh. Ugh, take us to Hoenn. Let's get out of this follow follow conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so one thing that Hoenn brought um, that was fantastic, and I, I'm even gonna like riff on why I think it should come back and how it could come back, um, was the Pokemon beauty contests. It was Ooh. something that was like 100% not necessary. You did not have to do this. But it was so cool because if you beat it, um, your Pokemon would get like ribbons. And the cool thing about these ribbons is that when you transfer them to future games, those Pokemon still have them. So like in my Sword and Shield, I have a Swampert that I had back in my original Ruby or in my original, oh, yeah, my original Ruby. Wow. Yeah. And he he has attached to him all of the ribbons for beating the Elite Fours up until then. All the beauty contests from then. So it was... It really feels like he's been through it with me, you know, and I, I love the idea of that. So beauty contests were just kind of an extension of that. Um, one thing that I do wish that Pokemon did, and this is more of an anime fan than a game fan where I'm coming from with this, is in the anime, they make it very clear that being a Pokemon beauty contest participant is the equivalent of doing the gym challenge. It's oh. just a different kind of route. Field. So like, yeah. It's a, it's a, exactly. It's a different field, which is something that I wish Pokemon did more often. I wish that you had the option to be like, I want to be a Pokemon professor. Because, again, going back mm. to the anime, you know, Ash and Gary were rivals to be the best Pokemon trainer. But Gary along the way was like, I don't really want to battle. I want to find new species. I want to be like my grandpa and, and do all this yeah. stuff. And then you had like May and Dawn who wanted to be the champions of the beauty contest. So... It was always cool to me that it, it felt like a world where you like Pokemon are obviously the most important things in this universe. Um, everything mm -hmm. is built around them. But it's cool to be like, well, I want to do it this way. I want to do it this way. And this game being a four player co-op where everyone goes on their own journey would have been such a cool opportunity to use that where maybe your journey, Zach, is to be the greatest Pokemon beauty contest champion and mine is to do, you know, research. So I'm doing stuff that's like in Legends Arceus where I'm just capturing a mass amount of Pokemon to learn about it. You're out here trying to, you know, do the championships for the beauty contest. And then we could have someone else, one of our imaginary friends, you know, going through the gyms. Yeah, Obviously, I like that. And, and, and I don't think you should get locked out either. Like if you want to do all of them, you can. But I think right. it's cool to be like, well, what's your what's your run through of this? Uh, what's your playthrough looking like? Like, what are you or doing? Or even like just like a, a, you know, a small job system where it's like, okay, you get plus 10%, you know, rare Pokemon find like if you're, if you're going for the professor job, you have a plus 10% finding a rare Pokemon out in the field. Or if you're going beauty plus exactly. 10%, you know, different things like that would be pretty neat to sort of not divert the entire game, but specialize the characters in this co-op world. Mm -hmm. And I, I think like that's future Pokemon. Like, like we always say, this game is going to change it forever. I think in a co-op open world, you do have more possibility to diversify. It doesn't have to all be about the gyms. Will that still be like the driving mm -hmm. force of the campaign? Yes. But you could have these options where people are, you know, almost building a team. And I could see Pokemon come Gen 10 or Gen 11 eventually getting to that point mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, we're formed together because you're the beauty expert and you're boosting our team this way. Exactly. And I'm the battle expert. I'm boosting the team this way. Now that's some nifty thinking. Yeah. And I think that just also goes back to what you were saying earlier with like, you know, the discussion we had was having Pokemon introduce more life sim 
elements will only benefit the series because the whole point is it is a role-playing game and as fun as it is to just watch the numbers go up and play through this story it's like really if we're kind of breaking down what makes games fun it's that uh you know the availability of choice like the the fact that our playthroughs can be so different but when linked together creates something that is beneficial to both of us like you said like if we had a team of one person who was focused on battling, one who was focused on the beauty contest, and one mm-hmm. who was focused on research, it's like you create a dynamic where everyone feels uh, like important to the journey, but yeah. also everyone has a different story, which makes it more fun. And it creates those stories where like when you're on the schoolyard and you're telling your friends about it, you know, like it's so much more fun when everybody's story is different because it yeah. lets everybody kind of have a, a unique draw to their journey so i do think like you said in a couple of generations probably we're going to start to see things like that more fleshed out if this works out if this game works out and they see four player co-op is something that is really fun um and really enjoyable just to the core of what pokemon is then i think they may push things in that direction where like okay well now how do we give the individual player more agency in their group Mm -hmm. um it does seem like a natural step up, but again, this is Pokemon. So like what I'm afraid of is gen 10 removes four player co-op and then it's going to yeah. be on a list like this, you know, oh, <laughs> like what are the chances for that now? Um, right. So like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thought on that. And then another thing just tying into it kind of is one thing that we saw come and go that was kind of like a, a little promise to this was the drop in and drop out co-op of let's go. Um, that was something that was clearly, you know, I I don't want to say half baked because I don't necessarily think it was, it it was half baked. It was, it was half baked (laughs) in the sense of like 100% that was not a co-op game. It was, it was equivalent to the little brother controller, uh, that like Sonic two was, you know, like, yeah, go ahead. Control tails. You, you can't leave my site. And if you do, nothing happens. Um, right. and like you could take as much damage as possible, but at the same time, it was, it was cool to be able to like, oh, I want to play Pokemon. Let's go. I have a friend over. I can't because then they're just kind of sitting there. Yeah. Here's the other Joy-Con, you know, just run around with me, I guess. Um, but like the fact that that didn't come back in, in like brilliant diamond, shining pearl three doesn't make games. sense to me. Cause three, three games technically mm-hmm. with sword and shield, brilliant diamond. Like, well, I guess sort of in. But but not really Are, the same in so yeah mm-hmm. well that's the thing is like with Sword and Shield that's another thing that introduced a weird ghost multiplayer type of thing where it's like yeah well that will now forever be dead in Sword and Shield because it didn't add to anything it was it was mm-hmm. equivalent in my opinion it was equivalent to the photography thing in Pokemon Sun and Moon like it had that much of a of a like influence to my my gameplay I almost sometimes just put my offline to off or my online to off like because to me it was like it was annoying seeing other trainers just kind of glitch through my world yeah. like you know like like ride their bike through trainers or sometimes like and especially when they're really far because you know games will do the trick where they lower the the frames per second on a character right. when it's far away if, to, if you've seen you know Fall, so like guys. i'm on switch it's yeah, uh, yeah fall guys on switch does it real bad they do it to the one yeah. right in front of you um, something like Halo 5 does it really well, where it's only like when they're really far, they switch to like actual JPEGs moving. It's it's actually a really interesting thing to see, but it keeps <laughs> the game looking really well. 
Um, right. But it's like that. You're seeing them off like jittering two frames a second and you're like, well, I don't feel like this this world is real. Like it just feels yeah. like a janky, you know, and I, I think that's it, it's those things that make people feel uncomfortable when they see things like open world for Pokemon because it's like, well, what corners are we cutting? You know, like, are we removing towns? We talked about this a lot. Like, yeah. is that like what? And, and like what? It's, it, it's supposed to be fixed because it's it's home console or, you know, hybrid console, whatever. Like that, that was supposed to be, mm-hmm. I think, one of the promises is like, OK, Pokemon can really now take a major step forward. Obviously, the Switch hardware mm-hmm. is a, you know, it's locked in time back in 2000 and, uh, you know, 17. But in theory, mm-hmm. they should be able to capitalize on more of that power to make it happen and it feels like a lot of these elements are big ideas and then impossible execution and i'm hoping that Mm -hmm. this game maybe can realize some of these half-baked tries that like you know on the surface drop in drop out pokemon co-op is great it just wasn't Mm -hmm. implemented super well on the surface you know the camping's great so following is a great thing that you know as you're describing just doesn't pan out i i really hope that we can sit down for a review of sword or for scarlet and violet and say you know what their ideas actually played out and i think it's shown here the reason that so many of these features come and go is because so many of them are not executed in a way that allows them to stay around allows them to be built on Mm -hmm. it's it's very strange how they go about this i don't know if it's big ideas and not enough tech or if it's like you said, like they they just don't want to go all the way. They don't want to commit. It, it, it's very odd to look at it and see how much has really been put in and, and then not quite. Yeah. And the thing is, is it doesn't even just stem from su- like things like these kind of out of battle changes. I mean, uh, we spoke briefly about it and I think it's important to bring up, but like you have things such as like the rotating battles and triple battles in Pokemon black and white, where it's like, you can see it. You can see the idea forming. Also, I just realized Ruby and Sapphire introduced double battles. So excuse me for not mm. for saying Ruby and Sapphire didn't change much. Two marks so against just you. looking at that. Two I know. Day. Seeing that was just like I was like I I so I so vividly remember on the back of Ruby and Sapphire there was like a Sharpedo and a Camrupt, and you're like mm. double battles. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so triple battles and rotating battles were supposed to do that. You know, it was supposed to be that again. Um, And Black and White is a game that like people now look at and say is one of are are one of the best Pokemon games. Black and White, Black and White 2. We finally hit that. I mean, it always happens every, you know, like um, when when Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire came out, everyone thought that that like Ruby and Sapphire were the best Pokemon games. Looking back, Diamond and Pearl, same thing. So now that we're approaching Gen 5 remake, we're, we're at the point where everyone's like, yo, black and white was crazy. It was <laughs> yeah. a fantastic game, but but we are seeing that. So it's like, to me, it's like, even when you have a game, knock it out of the park, which black and white did do, um, you still have things that die. Like, like, like they left this in, in, in literally in those games. There, it has never reached outside. And granted, I didn't find them very fun. It was a lot of like, it became too confusing having that many mechanics in a battle, especially yeah. with the rotating. It's, that, it's very tedious. When when a battle could go from like maybe, you know, 10 minutes to 20 now just because. And I'm talking against like NPCs, not even like, Oof. you know, not yeah, even like a real long. player. So imagine rotation 
battles. And then in SNY, they did the what I told you, the, the like the battle royale feature where it was 1v1v1v1. You could attack anybody. It was last one standing. That one just kind of, I remember I was in college when that came out, SNY. <laughs> and I remember me and my friends would play like, you know, in between classes and we would just pick one friend to bully and get them out mm. immediately. And yeah. then, you know, all bets were off. So it's like, that also didn't really feel like a thought out mechanic. It was just more so like just these fun, these fun ideas. And I, like you said, I think the problem is, is they implement these things. They are fun initially, but they never want to evolve it further. Um, and I mean, we've just seen it with so many things um, and, and pretty much everything on the list that we've spoken about are things that like were fun and I would love to see back, but I know that if they were to come back, they wouldn't come back in their best form. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it even more sad is like as bad as I want these things to to be implemented, it's like I would rather it not be implemented at all if it means that we get a better game, you know? And and that's just something that these gimmicks have always done. They've been either the antithesis of like what the game is or the downfall of it. And and like yeah, that's why mechanics are so scary when it comes to Pokemon because you can immediately understand how you're gonna feel about it because you're like oh, if you're not a fan of like Dynamats for instance, which is probably my least favorite thing about Sword and Shield was that whole mechanic. I did not like it at all. I, I found no fun in it. It felt like a like a free three-turn win, essentially, because once you had it out, you were pretty much unbeatable. Um, it, it just felt like it, every time there was a battle that... And, and the worst part is, is with every gym battle, their last Pokemon you knew was going to be like a Gigantamax. So it's like, right. it's always like, oh, what's the, what's the big boss Kaiju at the end of this battle? The only one that was different was the Dark Gym, which... Um, was really fun and my favorite gym actually because the guy just straight up doesn't allow dynamats. He's like, mm. we're gonna fight just one on one like this. That was such a cool story moment because it got rid of a mechanic that I wasn't a big fan of. And it's like, that's kind of sad that my favorite gym yeah. is my favorite because it excluded the main <laughs> the main gimmick of the game. Very weird. What what do you think about you know sort of more of the Pokemon move gimmicks or maybe not gimmicks but just hm z moves things of that sort where do you see that going for for scarlet and violet um hms i think we we found where they should be i think we 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 really kind of made them work you know originally they were moves that you had to teach to pokemon on your team um and for some strange reason they were like undeletable essentially like you (laughs) the only way to get rid of an hm on your pokemon is to go to the move deleter and delete it that way you couldn't like teach another move to delete it. Um, so HMs used to be this big burden that rather than making it like a Metroidvania type of style of exploration where you get this thing that now opens up the map, you needed a physical Pokemon on your team to learn this undeletable move yeah, just to be able to progress. So like you would have your team of all legendaries in a Bidoof because you needed <laughs> surf strength and, you know, like cut. So, like, it, it was always the worst thing. And the HMs are not, like, great moves either. Like, they're strong moves early game. But later, it's like you don't want to have cut on a Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. So then when Y came, they kind of evolved that into the, like, Pokey Helper system. Which, you know, like, if you needed strength, you would call in your Machamp. He would move it for you. And it was, it was rental Pokemon. So they weren't on your team. 
It was just things that you would call in. Um, it was like Uber essentially for Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, and, and funny Beautiful. enough, you know, Sword and Shield did the same thing where they literally had that where you would get picked up by a Corviknight instead of using Fly. They literally it was a taxi service that flew you around. So I right. think that those are probably the direction we're going to go in with HMs where even even um, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl had a very interesting way of doing it where you did learn the HMs because um, they couldn't really necessarily get rid of that. But it wasn't your Pokemon that ended up using them, which was weird and didn't make much sense. But I liked that they did it. Uh, so, like, if I needed to use Cut, a random wild Bidoof would come and, and do it for me, essentially, rather than it being someone on my team. Which was kind of nice, because, um, again, I didn't have to waste those move slots. But definitely weirdly implemented. But that one gets kind of a pass because it was a remake, and they had to find a way to make that make sense. Um, in this game, though, I imagine HMs are completely gone, I hope. And I hope we go down the same route where it's like we can get the helper Pokemon or like um, like the way like Legends Arceus did it, for instance, where you didn't get HMs. You got those the Pokey Flute summons. Right. Yeah. Those were HMs. I think I think, I think that's probably where it will go. And I, I'd love to see even more traversal ones. I want like a launch option. Throw me up on this huge cliff, a grapple option, you know, mm-hmm. suck me up to this mm-hmm. mountainside. It's open world. So yeah. capitalize on the fact that you do have freedom of movement. You know, it's not going to be like Breath of the Wild where you have a, a stamina meter. So find other ways for us to reach different surfaces and different, you know, tiers and different levels. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really awesome. Um, and I would love to see more, you know, if this is nonlinear, what if it does sort of allow maybe not full Metroidvania, but progressively, okay, I went to this gym first, so I'm able to access these areas first. And like, I can help mm-hmm. you get over here. Okay, now I have this cut or whatever. So like, I can regardless of how it's actually executed, I can get you into this area, come on, where you couldn't because you Mm -hmm. did that gym, you know, last or whatever. I think that, I don't know if that sounds frustrating to you, but to me, that would be neat to sort of have the world unfold in a bit of a different order, depending on how you chose to play. Yeah, I mean, because I think people think when they hear open world that everything is accessible immediately, and that's never really the case with open worlds. Like, any of them. You know, even Breath of the Wild, a game where you could, technically beat the game in its opening minutes Mm -hmm. even then like you can it's a possibility but really like to do that it takes mastery of the game already and uh, an understanding of the mechanics that you wouldn't have just starting so like it's not really something you can do so with pokemon i feel like it could be the same thing well pokemon also has something fantastic in place that they always have and that is the elite four you cannot battle the elite four without eight gym uh, badges. So it's like already there's lore reasons why you can't just beat the game in seconds. Um, yeah. So I think allowing each gym to do what you said and kind of offer you a way to traverse someplace else is really nice because, yeah, sure, we could access maybe all the gyms, but maybe each gym gives you access to something cooler. Like, like yeah. if you beat the fire gym, you get like a hazard suit or a Pokemon that can like maybe allow you to walk through like a lava themed area you know like something like that i feel like is is something that they could easily implement but we you know we just have to kind of see i guess the big the big thing that makes it impossible to kind of guess what they're doing mechanically is what is it that the gyms offer like why are Mm -hmm. the gyms important to this region why are they important to the world because until we know that we don't necessarily know why we're even doing them you know like because i I feel like 
with most regions, you know, the whole point is you, you want to be the best trainer, which involves right. being the gym leaders, going to the elite four, beating the champion. Right. But with the past couple of games, it has been a little different. Like there is no Pokemon league in sword and shield at all. There's no elite four. The whole point is everyone it, it's a sport. So those gym battles are you basically, you know, earning the right to compete in that tournament at the end, which mm-hmm. is very different from the elite four, you know? Um, and then Sun and Moon changed it completely with the trial captains. There weren't even gyms in that game, you know? So it's like, and, and it had to do with the region. It was very region specific. So, you know, because Sword and Shield took place in like their Europe, they tried to make it kind of soccer You know, that's why the outfits mm-hmm. look the way they do is because they right. were kind of going that sports, you know, direction. So it's very ingrained in what the region is, what the story is that makes the gyms what they are in, in recent Pokemon. So that's why it's like, to me, I don't know where the gyms play a place in this because it looks like we're going past future. Obviously, that's clearly the the motif that's going to be going on. But with the region being Spain, what like what are the gyms? Like, where are we going with this? Are we just trying to be the best Pokemon trainer? Because again, that really hasn't been the goal of the previous games. It was more so like, yeah, we're trying to be the best, but kind of like like in, again in sun and moon the point was creating the first ever pokemon league in sun and moon um mm-hmm. because alola never had a pokemon league so that's why and in, in, in this actually funny enough ties into a mechanic that was taken away the point of sun and moon is building the league they want to turn the trials into the gyms um essentially because it's the alola is like the furthest from what we know as like a pokemon region it's basically just four islands put together um, but they want to like Kukui, the, you know, the professor of the region wants to make it like the others um, where we have gyms and a, and a Pokemon League. So it ends with you kind of becoming the first ever champion of Alola's Pokemon League. So canonically, your trainer is the first ever champion of Alola. Um, and what's cool about that is there was actually a mechanic where anytime you beat the Pokemon League again, instead of challenging the previous champion you sat in the champion seat and a new trainer would come in to challenge you. Um, and it would always be like a very cool, important character. Like your rival would show up. Um, the professor would show up. The, the leader of the evil team would show up. They had some cool, like random strangers that would like overly designed would show up and challenge you. Sometimes it would just be a really strong trainer. Um, so it was a really cool mechanic because for the first time you were the league champion and you had to defend your title. And that was really cool. And it fit with the theme of the game because, again, the whole point of the game was you becoming the first ever champion. Um, So it's like, where does that fall into place in Scarlet and Violet? Like, is it is it the league? Is it a normal league? Like, are we finally back to just eight gyms, go through Victory Road, battle the Elite Four? Or do we have a new mechanic in place? Like, it's just so impossible to to figure out what they're doing with this yeah and and how and how then is there an interesting mechanic where they can you know you have the grass badge i have the fire badge somehow we can benefit our our four player co-op you know by by having those is it traversal is it command of types you know i think back to the 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 wheel of the different types that we saw in the initial shot you know that's kind of like the stained glass area and then they have the wheel of types is there something Mm -hmm. about that of you know 
I, I don't know. I guess we need more to sort of uncover exactly how that's going to work. But if you had to pick one of these that you really want to be in Scarlet and Violet, most of them are going to get cut because welcome to Game mm-hmm. Freak. But if you had to pick one, any of the ones we've talked about, is it Battle Frontier? Is, is that just what you really want? It's it's probably Battle Frontier or something like it. Um, and yeah. the reason I say that is because the Battle Frontier, out of everything we discussed, uh, does so much for everything across the board. It it extends gameplay, which is always a good thing. It's it's a you know it is a post game um, area that allows for further deepened like understanding play. Like it's all trainers that are harder, rules that are harder, and with friends, it's only even more fun. I imagine it also gives a lore um, extension in in the you know sake of like the Battle Frontier Masters, the brains. Um, those are now new characters that are going to be probably very interesting, very cool teams with their own motivations that push some type of narrative further, um, which will always be fun to have. Uh, and especially with the frontier brains, a lot of the times they're characters from other regions. And so you get to really extend like, um, you know, the, the cast of characters and, and maybe even call back to more fun ones. So again, right there, you have a gameplay reason, a story reason. And then of course the the coolest thing about the Battle Frontier is the fact that it now extends the world in a way that the main game can't. Because the, the problem is, is with Pokemon, it always falls into the same kind of uh, story beats in the fact that as you're playing, the first, I wanna say maybe five badges are always, it's just you getting your badges, but there's an inkling of something happening. You know, so maybe you'll get your first badge. It's easy, whatever. You get that. You go to your second badge. You run into some grunts. Uh oh, there's something going on here. You stop them doing something. You go to your third badge. Maybe you hear your rival talking about something that they're doing offshore or something. Fourth badge, you now you go there. Fifth badge, you find their base, whatever. Usually by the seventh badge, you catch your legendary. So seventh badge, you get your legendary. Then you go to your eighth, eighth badge, beat them. Victory Road, Elite Four. It's always been that. What the Battle Frontier did to that was, boom, you did that. You did your whole story. Suddenly now there's this new goal. This place where like the the, the gyms, the Elite Four, nothing. Those, those trainers were literally nothing to these Battle Frontier trainers. It, it raises the stakes, but not in a way that makes it like, oh, I got to go fight a Pokemon god now. It raises it where it's like, I need to fight these trainers who have proven themselves so strong that they're like, they're literally isolated in this (laughs) island where they need to like, they own these battle facilities. And it was always such an interesting thing um, to do. And and again, each battle frontier kind of had its own mechanics where like, oh, in this one, you had to rent Pokemon. So you had to pick your team and rent it and see how far you went. In this one, you could only take like, level 50 Pokemon and, you know, whatever. So, so like there's always, it's always interesting with the Battle Frontier because it's always something different. They take the rules of Pokemon and they mix it in a way that's like fun and and allows for further, uh, again, experimentation. So like to me, it just offers everything across the board, um, which is why I would want it. But I like for you, for instance, I feel like maybe it would be more interesting because you have more of like the game's, um, I guess like, what, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you probably, as someone who doesn't just care about Pokemon lore, 
would would want something that benefits the gameplay more, which yeah to me is probably more beneficial to have than just something that kind of the fans want, you know. Honestly, and, and I think we'll have to have a separate discussion on it because it's a really big topic. But for for me, it's just how are they going to handle content? Because I would love to see them really treat this game more as a platform. Um, and you know, a, a world where, Hey, every month or every other month they bring in a new battle frontier, that would be sick. That would mm-hmm. be so sweet. Um, and you know, with their, how they handle animal crossing, how they handled sword and shield, just what they decided to do with this being an open world game, being a four player game. I think there's a lot of possibility, a lot of room for error. Um, and so a, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, sort of that, that post launch path, whether it's end game content, DLC, that to me is, is going to be the most interesting yeah. Honestly, you know, you talk about some of these features and so many of them are half baked. It's like just if you're going to like you said, if you're going to do them, do them right because I don't know if I want any of them back in their their sort of almost their way. Yeah. The co-op, the co-op is really interesting. It, it, I I'm curious how that works, but I, I mean, no, the Battle Frontier does sound really good and I hope we get some insight onto, you know, where they're going with this. Um Mm-hmm. I, the next trailer has got to be the descriptive one. So fingers crossed that it's this week. <laughs> Hopefully, man. Hopefully. Hopefully. I, what are the chances, I guess, like as a final kind of like thing to discuss, what are the chances that, and and this is something that I do really think we, we need to kind of discuss now ahead of time is what if this really is just a game that is four player co-op, you just go to the gyms, beat yeah. them, go to the Elite Four, beat it, and that's it. Like, what are the chances that seriously they are reinventing what it is to be a Pokemon game, but they are making it bare bones in terms of like no gimmicks, just what Pokemon Red and Blue was with four player co op? Like, what what are the chances that that is the case, especially with them using the words like precious adventure? You know, I, yeah. I like that's kind of the thing that stays in the back of my mind all the time is like, what if it's just let's go or red and blue fire, red and leave green version of Pokemon, but with sword and shield kind of like, you know, mechanics in terms of like, okay, well you have the Pokemon following you big open world. Um, but really it's just Pokemon as we know it, you know, like, is that still good? I think like the chances are high because it's Pokemon company and, and you know, they just, play to the beat of their own drum but if it wasn't for that precious verbiage i would say low because what is the point of co-op in in a game like that what is the point of of making it cooperative if it's just you know red and blue if it's just that you know very rote very predictable journey i could see that being appealing and and it is precious surely but (laughs) what is the deal with bringing in the co-op then and and to me like the 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 co-op can't just be oh like there's someone else along for the ride like i Mm-hmm. To, it, it, I don't know how you incorporate that without fundamentally changing the gameplay. I guess we don't know how fully fleshed out the co-op is, if it's everywhere, if it's only in the open. Like, But but how do you do yeah. that that one through eight red-blue storyline with four people? Yeah. I guess what scares me is like, what if the four-player co-op is the gimmick that we're talking about? Like, what if this is the thing that doesn't leave this game? You know, like... There's a very real possibility that Game Freak was set up the board Gen 9, LeChonk obviously is the main selling point. <laughs> right. And then what do we add that gets people to, to go crazy? 
four player co-op. People love co-op, right? People right. always say, oh, multiplayer Pokemon. Let's but just how does it throw work? that in. Four, four, four what if it doesn't? <laughs> you know, like what if it, it I feel like Yeah. I, I do think I do think that you are right in the sense that like them pushing it tells me that there's there's something deeper with it, right? Like there there has to be some reason because again, like it wasn't just a play with friends like title card. It was them actively showing four people go in different directions and still be in the same game. It was a very, very thought out visual, I think. Um, especially the fact that the 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 road split in that many ways. It to me, it just tells me that like they are making this game so that yes, we can all be in the same world and do things yeah, on so- our own while still being connected. What if gyms just don't matter then? Because because it, if we're in the same instance mm-hmm. world, you can't go beat the electric gym and then I go there and he's like, "Sorry, man, I'm 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 burned out." So so what if it's contributing yeah. to your character, your roster, or your Pokedex? But it's not like we we expect gyms to be. This is the progression through the game. But what if that's not the progression? What if the gyms are there merely as a means to boost your team or means to boost your mm-hmm. future pass moves and? Because I, I don't, I just don't, and again, this is like a whole nother episode, but I don't see how, if you're left to your own devices and I'm left to my own devices, but there's only one like progressive path, that doesn't work. They've already said that the game is non-linear. I also don't see it working like, oh, you go to a gym and they're like, sorry, son, like trainer Zach's already in a gym battle. Come back late. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even understand how un, like non-linear and co-op work together because to me that means you can go beat half the game while I beat the half the game based on our, our traditional structure of Pokemon. So maybe I'm setting myself up for disaster, but I'm expecting a like seismic shift in, in how we beat this game. It has to be. I mean, there is one thing that as you were saying that it funny enough, like I did think about, and I don't know why it didn't like come to me before, but I, I'm sure you've heard of Temtem, right? The like mm-hmm. quote unquote Pokemon killer. Yeah. Um, did you play it at all? I, I played the initial early access, but not more than that. Okay, fair though. That initial early access was pretty much just a tech demo. So so yeah. I, I did pick it up when it came over to PS5. Um, my okay. friend and I were like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. We both love Pokemon. Um, it still is in early access. I think the initial, like the actual launch is in October now or September or something mm. like that, um, which it is coming to Switch, which is awesome. But anyway, um, the way the game is handled is really interesting because it's Pokemon MMORPG. That's essentially what it is, right? Uh, the players that you're seeing are all real time. You know, they could do emotes. They could join your squad. Um, now, the only thing is that the way the parties are is it's only two per party, essentially, because mm-hmm. um, the whole game is double battles. You know, like that's kind of the, the point of it. Um, so... When you invite somebody to your group, let's say me and you are playing, I invite you to my party. You are now, if I get into a random Pokemon battle, you will now be in that with me. You're going to be controlling the second person, right? Mm. What I thought was really cool, the way they handled it, though, was when you went to a gym, since it was double battles, you can co-op battle through the gym. Um, it was actually kind of the whole point of the game. Like that's why it's all double battles was because it was to allow for you to have that option of having a teammate. I don't know. I don't know that works with four people, but 
that's I think the it kicker. can very much. Yeah, exactly. That's where things get kind of messed up because four player co-op is is we it's not like we have a four per I mean, hey, we talked about double battles, triple battles. Are we getting quadruple battles? But, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like if it was just the co-op battles, it makes sense. We've seen it done. Temtem has done that. You can play that whole game co-op. I don't know that four player like maybe it's two teams of two. Is that like? Oh, and, and, or so I mean, to me, this is either going to be like groundbreakingly new or janky as all heck. Because what if it is like okay, mm-hmm. I enter the gym and everybody teleports to me? Because you know, I, I I'm looking at like just like the most basic Google search for co-op open world games, and almost all of them are of a nature that doesn't have like the non-linear thing. Like okay, Borderlands, you know, co-op, but you're you're progressing through and you you can't access things until you do you know Mm -hmm. games like minecraft or don't starve there's no real linear so the fusion of four player non-linear but with a series that has the precedent of progression like we're either in and it is confirmed yeah it it is confirmed that gyms and the elite four are in like riddler 2 has made it very obvious he he has discussed on multiple occasions that gym leaders and the elite four, and that's big because okay. we haven't had an elite four in like three generations now. Yeah. So we have gyms and elite four, which is a return to form in the game that throws that return to form the most into chaos. That's, that's why it's like, like you said, it either comes back and is game changingly like done or it is janky. And the thing What's what's really funny is looking at the previous gimmicks, those are the only two categories we have are things that were really good game changers or janky half steps. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, what, like, what, what if the fact that they say, you know, you can explore the world, not in any order dictated by the story. Is there a chance that maybe the the goal is more akin to Legends Arceus completing a Pokedex, defeating a certain number like. I mean, if, if I mean, it, it in, I have could. <laughs> yeah, it could be because like it does look like the professors are going to probably play a bigger part in this right. than than most games. And a professor doesn't necessarily care if you're the Pokemon champion. Like we've we've never really seen like, again, other than Sun and Moon, a professor even care about becoming a champion. Um, so maybe there is a very real uh a very real possibility that it is more focused on exploration and finding things. Um, I could, you know, I I think maybe the gyms could serve more as a pit stop than a necessary. uh, I I mean, I can't imagine that you, you could beat the game without beating the eight gym leaders. Yeah. I don't see a world where that's possible. I I do. There's no beating. What if it's just hang out, have a precious time with your friends, do what you want. I mean, you can go (laughs) go battle a gym. You can talk to the professors. You can catch. There is like the fact that there's nonlinear. There's like literally no end. It's just exist. I get You see, the thing is though, is like, I'm sure that that could work in a non, the the problem is that like the, the thing that makes this so tough is, We've seen it with with Eastern developers so often not wanting to make live games like, you know, yeah. like 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 they almost refuse to do so, because I think at the end of the day, like anybody would want a Pokemon game that 
every year adds a region or like i mean you know like, yeah. like something like smash brothers why not just keep ultimate forever and just add characters years down the line like that process is such a western way of thinking because we have things like battle passes and, and stuff yeah. like that you know where, where most japanese especially developed games they want to make an experience front to back there needs to be an ending so like if it is the uh, uh, the first ever pokemon game with no real ending there would need to be the promise of content and i don't know that game freak will stick to a game that long because i mean look at what they do the the next five yeah and they have to exactly we need generation 10 we need generation 11 and i think as long as game freak holds themselves to that i i don't think we'll ever get a game that that does something so different i I don't either it'll definitely be different it's so it's very it's very tantalizing i mean battle pass where you unlock you know future Mr. Mime at the end of the battle pass. And it's not about competition in the competitive scene. It's just about having a precious fun time with your, like where this can go is fascinating. And I think for me, that's what makes Mm -hmm. this Pokemon the best ever besides the fact that, okay, it probably Mm -hmm. will be the best ever. It's like, it is the most undefined and it has the most opportunity to do a million things. And my hope is that even when we get the game, we're not completely certain on what all hides you know, within, I, I feel like Pokemon yeah. is so known that an unknown Pokemon, no pun intended, like will be awesome. And, and so whatever features they put in, uh, your guess is as good as mine. I, I feel like this is a good yeah. place to just leave you with the question of what the heck is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? We have no idea. We, we're This is madness. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Hopefully there's a new trailer to talk about next week. If not, um, I'm sure we will have the Riddler coup final Evo to talk about because that's supposed to be happening uh, yep. later this week as well. And ponder the unponderable, the existential nature of Scarlet and Violet that I, I'm, I, I leave this episode completely uncertain what they're going to do. I know. If anything, I'm more confused <laughs> than, than I think we were at the start of this because now it's like, yeah, we're questioning. We're, we're back to questioning like, are gyms important? And it's like, I is thought there we a progression? That one yeah. out two oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I. But that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it, it fun. That's what. I'll it's say. what makes it so fun. Thank you for having fun with us. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Tune in next week, where hopefully we know something a little bit more. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, stay positive out there. Enjoy your week. We'll hopefully be on audio services by next week. And uh, until then, thank you, Professor Joe, for educating us. And Game Freak, and we in Game Freak, we trust. Fingers crossed. Switch fours out. <laughs>